Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 34 of the Holding Court Podcast. We are so excited to be joined today by Dodgers World Series champion, Chris Taylor. We're going to talk about Chris's journey to the majors, find out who he would recruit for a hypothetical Dodgers family feud game, some good old-fashioned hitting talk, and he'll share about his upcoming charity event, Home Run for Hope, all coming up right now on Holding Court. Boom. Hi, Chris. How's it going? It's going. Um, thanks for having me and uh, excited to be the first Dodgers player on uh, holding court. Yeah, wow, you, you just are. took my words. I was going <laughs> <laughs> to let you know you're the first active player we've ever had on here. So it's yeah, exciting. It's exciting. Really exciting. Really exciting. So yeah, I was letting you guys know I'm uh, the most outgoing player on the team. So it only makes sense. <laughs> yeah, you were the obvious choice, like you said. Like, <laughs> who, who else would we have on here first? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, we have to check in with you. Um, I feel like we just we did an episode last week and kind of talked about what we've been doing to keep busy. Like, what does it look like when you come home from the field? Are you still watching more episodes of Family Feud than you can count, or what does that look like? Uh, a lot of Bachelor, uh, Bachelor yeah. on uh, oh, wow. Monday nights, and uh, watched the finale last night. Mary's actually out of town, so I had to watch that by myself. Um, did she watch it where she was at? Yeah, they're an hour behind in L.A. Oh, so, so you had to, like, keep would, your mouth shut. Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't couldn't spoil it for her. But, uh, Justin y- usually makes me wait to watch Bachelor. Like, if he's on the road and I'm not there, he'll be like, why don't you wait till I get home? So I have to wait, like, three or four days sometimes. That's dedication. What are your thoughts on the two Bachelorettes next year instead of just one? <laughs> it's just, so they're going different times right they're not in the same season yeah no, I, don't, I don't know what's happening so michelle is a teacher and so she was like i can't leave my students again so they're gonna let katie film like during the school year and then i think they'll film oh. michelle in the summer so i think they're already like filming katie's season right now or starting to so so are they doing back-to-back bachelorettes and no bachelor i think so they i think be. they're they're like we're done with the fellas so i don't know <laughs> we'll have to find out court was telling me court's watched it for a long time a lot longer than i've watched it and yeah. she was saying that for whatever reason the girls the bachelorettes when they pick or have a way higher success rate and then the guys when they pick like one couples in the history has ever like stuck it out yeah, really I, think I didn't know that yeah there's like two maybe they'd say just like the guys are terrible at picking <laughs> shocker <laughs> there was one like the very very first season i watched this guy picked the dallas cowboys cheerleader and everyone was like oh you had like such a better connection with the girl molly and so before the after the final rose he actually like swapped and now he's married and has several kids with the the other one. So it's, there seems to be a lot of swapping going on among yeah. bachelors and bachelorettes. <laughs> Ari yeah. did that too, and then I think who was it? Um, the pilot, right? Uh, Pete, pilot Pete, Pete. yeah, pilot Pete. Yeah. <laughs> pilot Pete. <laughs> he did the swap too. Well, that it's weird because they're all like, oh, I love multiple people. So if one doesn't work out, I feel like the natural move is to just like slide over. Let's go to the next one. The yeah. other crazy thing about being in LA is like after the show, and if you go to any type of event, like 
Clayton's ping pong event, like the entire bachelor cast is there or bachelorette cast is there. They're like a little like group that like sticks together all the time. They go to everything. Bachelor nation. Bachelor nation. I'm excited. I'll recognize them now. Yeah. Because <laughs> now I've watched. I uh, A few years ago, I probably didn't recognize any of them, but. Now you'll know who they are. Yeah. Now I'm up to date. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Court mentioned a little bit ago, you used to send me Snapchats all the time of you watching Family Feud. And <laughs> a we're, a, we're a big Family Feud. Like Steve Huge. Harvey's on all the time. We watch it all the time. And so Court has asked this question to a couple people. I don't want to steal a thunder. I'll let her ask. Um, but big big hitter, heavy hitter. Right I want here. you guys to go on Celebrity Family Feud. And so I need to know <laughs> who your four teammates or if you don't want to be on it, who you would put as the five well, for the I'm, Dodgers. I'm definitely not being on it. No, <laughs> you watch it enough. You got to be. That's okay what Corey said too. He was like, I want nothing to do with that. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I think I enjoy watching from behind the TV and then there's no embarrassment. I can just yeah. say whatever I want. Okay. And then if you don't know, you don't have to say anything. And then if you know, you can just blame them like, oh, you're so dumb. You should have known. That. <laughs> you're just afraid to go like viral saying like a really bad answer and yeah. have Steve Harvey do that face where he just like stares at the oh, camera man. and like drops his cue cards. <laughs> I feel terrible for some of those people when he just like, I mean, he just like walks away from them and just like, oh my God, that was the dumbest answer you could have ever given. And he just, I mean, he makes you feel stupid. Yeah, if you he's give a, no he has the best facial expression. <laughs> <laughs> He's one of my go-to gifts for texting. <laughs> yes, unbelievable. Yeah. Okay, so who's the team? I mean, can I go like Cody Bellinger? Wait, oh, for entertainment yes. purposes? Just yes. pure entertainment. But I feel like he would low-key get one of the random answers that would be up there every time. That like somehow. two people said. Yes. Two people yeah. with his mind. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Okay, Captain Cody. Yeah, definitely Belly. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'd like to see Bazooka. Oh, yeah. Gratterall. Yeah. Just for the celebrations. Yeah. Just just for the Bazooka fist pump. Is it good? Every time he gets one. Is he Bazooka fist pumping, blowing kisses, throwing his hat? (laughs) All of the above. That'd be a good one. That'd be a good one. Okay. I like it. Yeah. Who else? Maybe Kenley's. Kenley's. Just could they, we would never get one the, right because he puts, he puts an S <laughs> on the end of everything. No, judges would give it to him. They would give it to him. <laughs> this is a wild team so far. We need one more. Justin's so sad. No, we need two more. No, I'm not. But I think you got to go with Lux, right? If you're going on Luxie. the theme of Bellinger, like Luxie would be yeah. in that same category. Well, if you're out, then you need one more still. Who are our strong? Spelling bee contestants. I mean, I would have got Jock in there. If well, Belly was actually really good at the spelling bee. Surprisingly. Yeah, he's like sneaky school smart. Yeah. That's yeah, that shocking. was shocking. Yeah. It's more like a life experience smart, though. I don't think it's like, I don't know. That's why I think Cody plays. I think like that's a good move. I think his expectations are just so low that he surprises you. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. I think Barnsey would be a good one. I think Barnsley would be a good candidate just just to see him at the like the podium and not be able to like reach the button. I mean, <laughs> I <think laughs> they go to shake that. hands and he like can't reach. Yeah. Aww. I okay. think that'd be a good team. Well, I'm gonna put that out in the universe that you guys should go on there and it can I that'd mean, be fun for charity. I've that'd seen. I mean, they have some low hanging fruit that they put on there, like casts of shows I've never heard of. I'm like, okay. Yeah. You guys could easily be on there. I think we'd win. I'm gonna put it out there. Let's do it. Not with that team. (laughs) (laughs) 
So then now, now you got to pick your real five. And then we'll go that no, that kidding, was the one that would go the most viral, but oh man, I love it. Well, we have noticed that you are, you've been jamming our gram lately with your Instagram. You're suddenly social. Yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> so relevant on Instagram again. <laughs> what, uh, what's the reasoning behind that? Is Are you just trying to get more active in it or does yeah. it have to do with like the platform and what you're exactly trying to get um, out? Yeah, you know, obviously I have, I, we're going to talk a little bit about it, but I have the Home Run for Hope um, event coming up. So was trying to self-promote a little bit before um, before that's obviously happening in a couple weeks. So just trying to get active, and it's been good, though. Um, gotten some good posts out there. <laughs> it's been good. I like seeing it. I like seeing you post. I think it's awesome. Um, it's easy when the season's not happening and then the trolls come out during the season, but yeah, that we'll, won't happen. We'll see if you stay on it. We'll see, <laughs> we'll see if the posts keep coming. I hope you do, though. It's great. Um, so Court, in preparing for this podcast, Court was like, you got to give me some funny CT stories. And we were actually talking about this one the other day. And it's one of my favorite stories that you're a part of. And I, you probably know where I'm going. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> can like, you maybe. please share the <laughs> Turner Ward, Pat Corrales elevator story? Because <laughs> this guy CT to laugh and CT doesn't laugh at anyone's jokes. Like he, if you tell bad jokes, he's not even going to humor you. Like I always <laughs> give like a courtesy laugh and CT's just like, no, that's not funny. Well, that's not true. It's just <laughs> Turner. <laughs> Well, Turner had a lot of bad jokes. Because Turner's laughing at his own joke before he even gets to the punchline. So I just couldn't, I couldn't humor him. And, uh, you know, I I love Turner to death. He's like the most awesome human being ever. And, uh, you know, it it turned into kind of a running joke. Like I tried not to laugh at his jokes for that very reason. (laughs) Because he tried so hard. And he was the... He was the king of the, uh, what is it where you use the... Dad jokes? The Yeah, dad joke, but like he's using the same word. In different ways. Yeah. yeah like. I mean, this is a perfect, you'll know what I'm talking about with this story, but uh, so I get on the elevator and um, Pat Corrales is in there and he like, he's like, good game and like hits me on the back and he like <laughs> hard. Like, it hurt. And I was like, ah, dang, easy, Pat. And, like, without, like, right on cue, uh, Turner chimes in and goes, no, that was a hard Pat. (laughs) (laughs) And you lost it. That's the only time, just because, I mean, that's the one time I was like, dang, that was good. (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, we tell that story all the time. I laugh every time at it because Turner is the king of the dad jokes and, He's the guy that if a pitcher comes in and his last name's like hand or whatever, he'll be like, this guy's throwing with the wrong hand out there. He'll say something like crazy in his, in his big old accent. So, uh, but yeah, that, that story makes me laugh so hard. And it's mainly just because you laugh so hard at it. And I know that you've never (laughs) laughed at Turner's joke. So that was awesome. I think my favorite was when we were getting ready to, you know, the team takes the field and they, they sometimes they'll have a little league team like go take the field for the national anthem before the other team goes out there. And, and he's like, look at these. We can take these guys. <laughs> Bunch of six-year-olds out on the field. It's like, we can beat these guys. Every time, too. Every time. It was unbelievable. Unbelievable. How um, do you not laugh at that? 
uh, Turner, I mean, Turner, Turner and Bob are like similar people to me. Like this, everything's like a one liner, a joke or whatever. And you hear the same ones over and over and over again. They both think they're hilarious. Uh, but sometimes you just kind of get tired of hearing them. I don't know. I, I still laugh at all Bob's jokes, but he tells the same ones <laughs> for eight years. I've been with him now. So if it ain't broke. Oh man. All right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I, we did some digging and I, I don't know how I didn't realize this before, but I was kind of going through like your career path, right? Starting in college, played at Virginia, um, played in the Cape Cod League for YD Red Sox, uh, went to the College World Series, uh, which I played in college, played for the Armors Dennis Red Sox, went to the World Series, got drafted, um, struggled a little bit in the minor leagues, like got, got up to the major leagues, but like, wasn't like the player that I wanted to be, uh, got traded, you got traded over the Dodgers, and then you go through this swing change, which I went through a swing change, and it just really just kind of like trajected my career, and I feel like you've done the same thing, and now you're a staple, like you're a staple for the Dodgers, right? You're CT3, every, you're a household name, and I, I just couldn't believe, I was like, man, like our kind of career trajectories are so similar and I don't know how I didn't really like realize it until I was like preparing to talk to you on this thing. And it's just crazy. You want to talk a little bit about kind of your just path from college uh, up to being a, a star player for the Dodgers with all the big moments you had in this uniform? Uh, yeah, I actually didn't really put that together either until you're just <laughs> running through it. But the hard hitting research yeah. we do here, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, so played three years at UVA. Um, we had a good team. We didn't win the College World Series like y'all did, but uh, we got there um, my sophomore year. Um, drafted by the Mariners. I uh, I did well in the minor leagues, got up pretty quick, and then was like kind of three years just up and down, like couldn't stick. Um, I didn't hit for power at all. I had zero home runs with the Mariners. And um, I still struck out a lot, so it was just a bad combination. Um, and after, you know, I was doing, still doing really well in AAA, but just couldn't stick in the big leagues, and I kind of got that 4A um, label. And 4A player is like, for those who don't know, it's they say, oh, you're too good for AAA, but not good enough for the big leagues. And so I decided, you know, I had heard a lot about um, guys, you know, making swing changes and hitting the ball in the air. And, um, you know, Josh Donaldson was uh, the main one, but guys like you and uh, even I, rem I remember thinking like Mookie Betts, you know, he's a little guy and he hits homers. So mm -hmm. like my whole thing, my whole life was like, oh, I'm not a, I'm not a power hitter. You know, I'm just a, a guy that gets on base and I'm, I'm not a big, strong guy that's going to hit, you know, 20, 30 homers. So um, just stay above the ball, hit ground balls, get on base. And, you know, I saw these little guys, like, hitting 20, 30 homers, winning MVPs, and I was like, okay, so maybe there's something to it. Like, you don't have to be this big, strong guy to hit home runs. And um, did a little research, um, research, like, uh, Donaldson's guy was Bobby Tewksbury at the time. So I was, uh, you know, just watching, like, YouTube clips and reading up on him, d really didn't know what I was doing at all. Um, this was, I, I had gotten traded to the Dodgers. I didn't make the postseason roster. So I got sent to Arizona for the stay hot group and the stay hot group is 
you're just like working out getting ready in case somebody gets hurt and I was like I'm not gonna waste this time I kind of had a feeling you know a few guys had to get hurt for me to to actually get called up so I was like I'm gonna look towards the next season and you know start messing with some things with my swing and Rob Van Skoyak our hitting coach now he saw me in the cage trying to leg kick and doing all this different stuff and he was like, hey, like I, I've seen you play before. This looks different. Are you tr- working on some stuff? And he asked me if I needed help. And then we just kind of got connected that way. Worked all offseason together. And um, that next year was 17. Had a good spring training. Didn't make the team out of camp, but um, got caught up soon after Logan Forsyth. I think broke his toe or something. Mm-hmm. And then that was – from there, I, I – started off hot and you know just kind of took off and um yeah now you know rob's obviously our hitting coach now so get to work with him every day which has been great you remember your first homer yeah um diamondbacks grand slam yeah (laughs) silvio bracco right yeah is that his name bracco 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 yeah yeah grand slam and that was before the swing changed that That was was before the swing that was my only homer (laughs) before the swing change i had one but i feel like every time you go to arizona you hit like two or three homers yeah you love hitting in arizona i do i I like arizona something about i think it's the batter's eye and that was pre-humidor yeah yeah now the balls are dead and then the balls are really dead now so that's cool (laughs) (laughs) that'll be fun (laughs) yeah that's awesome like when so obviously making a swing change is you've already been to the in the big leagues and you kind of had this idea, okay, there's more in the tank. I want to make these changes, but that's something that's like scary. It was scary for me. Like I had already played in the big leagues. I'd already gotten to the highest level. And then now I go and start hitting with this guy, Doug Lotta, and he wants me to basically change everything I ever believed in. And I'm just like, Oh man, this is, this is a little scary. Like, I don't know if this is going to work. Right. Like what, what point did you, like in your swing change, like, okay, this is it. Like I'm unlocked. Like I feel like I'm, I'm a dangerous hitter now and not just a guy that's a singles guy, get on base guy. Yeah. Um, no, like you said, it's very scary because especially when you have that label, like I said earlier, where you're a four a guy, your leash is very short and you, you can have one bad season and then nobody wants you anymore. So it's, it's not like, oh, I can just try this, and then if it doesn't work, I can just go back to what I was doing before. It's kind of like you're, you're, full, you're all in. And um, I think I all the work I was doing um, in the offseason when I, when I was hitting on the field for the first time in spring training and I saw the ball carrying like I'd never seen it before, you know, because I would just, I think, strictly from, like, moving my hands a little bit Um, getting off my backside and then my bat path was better where I was lifting the ball and I wasn't like the balls I was hitting in the air I wasn't really clipping them I was actually like flushing them and I had never seen the ball jump off my bat like that before so that's kind of where my eyes lit up I was like wow this is this is different like I can do this and then you know when I had a really good spring like that's sort of when I was all in on it. Yeah, that's the best feeling in the world when you're just like, oh, my God, I just rehauled everything and it's working like, oh, my God, like what what am I going to do this year? And you just feel so you feel like a completely different player, right? Like Everything is just 
easier, the confidence. Every time you walk up to the plate, you just feel like you're in a better spot. And you described yourself as a little guy, but like when you're walking in the box and you have your new swing, like you don't feel like a little guy anymore. Like you feel dangerous. So that's cool. I like that. Is it weird to change something when fans and I guess everyone like already knows your swing? Like, I guess that was the same for you. Cause obviously people noticed right away. Like, is there that added like pressure? Like, Oh, I hope this clicks right away when like I'm in the game or you don't pay attention to that. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it's always a big topic when you make a swing change, um, you know, because that's the first thing they see. Um, you know, if, if you all of a sudden are having a leg kick and doing this and doing that, it's going to be a story just because that like, it's easy for them to, to point it out. And hitters are actually making swing changes all the time and that fans don't pick it up. Mm-hmm. We can pick them up because we know our swing so well and it can look way different to us. But my swing's changed every year the last three years. And it's not as noticeable to the naked eye. But obviously when you make huge changes, like you add a leg kick or you move your hands a ton, like one way or the other, or whatever it is, um, something that they can see with the naked eye, then it's going to be a story. Yeah. Like belly today. <laughs> I, I you was, like open the stance or close it. What was it? It's all over Twitter. Yeah, yeah it's <laughs> everywhere. So it made everywhere. me think about it. I'm like, he can't even like tinker with anything. It's his first game back and he's just trying to feel good and feel healthy. And everyone's like, oh, his feet are in the different place. He's not open or he's closed or this. I'm like, come on, let so, him like have a game. Yeah. <laughs> I was sitting in the dugout when he came up for his first at bat and I was like, man, uh, Hero is playing first base. And I was like, he's got to be like, nervous as hell right now because belly's literally lined up straight to him at first and he's probably thinking oh my god this guy is gonna pull a rocket at me right now the way he's set up it's crazy but i don't know he looked good in bp yesterday so uh hopefully we get mvp bopper yeah all that matters is that he believes in it exactly and he says he feels good so like how many games do you give yourself with a change or is it just like you go off a feeling well, like Chris said, you just con- you're constantly changing stuff, yeah. so it, you might not notice it. Fans might not notice it, but w- like literally on a day to day basis, like guys are making different adjustments as far as where they're starting their hands, if they're forward, if they're high, if they're back. You know what they're doing with their feet, um, new drills in the cage. So it's constant tinkering and changing to try to f- find th- those good feels every time you go up there. Do you ever have one at bat though, and you're like, yeah, that's not it. I have one. I have one swing. Every game. Yeah, I'll take a swing and I'll be like, "Oh my god, that is not it. I can't do that again." <laughs> I think of it as like almost like a seesaw, where you have your your baseline, and then or like say something's wrong, so you have to over adjust one way mm-hmm. to get back to even, and then so you feel really good. It's like, "Wow, that really worked." So then you're doing that, and you exaggerate it or you start off exaggerating it mm-hmm. and then it like as it becomes more natural it gets more and more exaggerated and then you have to tinker it back the other way yep so it's just uh every like i mean that can happen in like a week and yeah so it's just constantly going back and forth yeah i say it all the time there's the thing i love about baseball is you you'll never ever ever master it like the second that you think you've got it figured out, like the game's going to knock you on your ass and then you're going to have to refigure it out again. So, and that's what I love about it. Like every day you show up, 
you have to figure out where you're at, what's working, what's feeling good, and then go from there to find out, you know, what you have in the tank that night when you're going to face whoever it is, DeGrom or, or these big arms. Uh, you're hoping that you're feeling good, but but a lot of times you're not, and you just got to figure out how to grind out those ABs and, and not just give them away because you don't feel good. Yeah. Did you see DeGrom throw today, by the way? I heard it was really impressive. I yeah. didn't see it, though. He's throwing hard. <laughs> he's throwing like 101, right? Yeah, he's like dotting at 193 mile an hour slider. Again, guys are throwing harder and they're deadening the balls. I don't understand. We <laughs> should get rewarded if you hit if you hit the ball in the barrel and the guy's throwing 101. It should go over the fence. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, no, I'm with what you. are we doing? Have oh. they ha- has that adjustment been made yet? The balls? Yeah. I think they made it pretty clear that... I know, but is it when the season starts, or is it right now? I don't know. I, I mean... What do you think? I, I think they're already dead. I don't know. <laughs> uh, that ball... I don't know if you saw the ball Will Smith hit yeah. last night. And he... I think that was like 105 off the bat. Yeah. And then Muncie hit one today. Yeah. And 104, like, I think. He literally... He, Muncie hit it, and he's like, I thought I hit that ball over the hitter's eye. And Crazy. the guy caught it in the morning track. So, I don't know what's happening. It's right humid, humid air, yeah. Arizona. It's a natural humid door, <laughs> killing all the balls. Oh, gosh. Oh, man. Should we pivot? We can pivot. Get into the important stuff? Yeah. You kind of alluded to it before, but you jumping back on, so, or I guess jumping into social media to try to kind of help build a little buzz around an event you have coming up. So you have obviously always supported our foundation, come out to our golf tournament, supported the food line last year. So you kind of always had that mind to want to give back and use your platform. So I guess, yeah, what inspired you to finally start a foundation? Yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm just trying to follow in JT's footsteps once again. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) There's another parallel. The parallels are amazing. Uh, No. Yeah. I I just think, um, you know, now that I've kind of established myself and been here for a few years and I've Obviously, a watch, um, you know, what some of our guys have done, what you and Kirsch um, have done uh, each each year and, um, you know, how much you've helped people in L.A. and Kirsch helping kids, um, you know, from all different countries. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, I just think it's important when we're on this platform to, to try to use it and... Um, you know, we might not have it forever, and I think it's important, you know, to uh, – we're in this situation. We're very fortunate, and I think, um, you know, you don't want to waste it. And I think we can do a lot of good and, you know, just especially coming off, you know, playing for the Dodgers, um, coming off a World Series is perfect timing. Um, and then, you know, with COVID, I, we chose to do this as a virtual event and uh, – it's actually worked out great um, because uh, so many of the artists, they're not doing concerts right now. So they have nothing to do. So, um, you know, so many guys were willing to help. So many artists were willing to help. And, uh, you know, it's, it's been awesome. So, Well, correct me if I'm wrong, but you originally were planning on doing like a golf tournament, right? And then because of COVID, like everything got shut down. And then you had to kind of pivot to this concert. Like what was like what made you come up with the idea like let's do a virtual concert i mean yeah how'd that come about um yeah so my 
foundation, which I just started the CT3 foundation, and uh, we were going to do a top golf event in Virginia Beach, and it was going to be for CHKD and Rock Solid Foundation, and then because of COVID, we couldn't do it. Top Golf wouldn't let us do it. I mean, it, nobody's doing mm-hmm. getting together right now. So um, we, I kind of got my team together. I got a group um, that's helping me out. Some of my buddies from home, and then um, my financial advisor, my agent, and um, the CHKD team and Rock Solid team, and we just kind of brainstormed what we wanted to do. We talked about doing like online poker tournament or whatever, and we came up with the virtual concert idea and uh, we had a bunch of good ideas for that. And it just felt right. You know, as we were talking about it, um, it felt like that was the way to go. And uh, yeah, so that's sort of how we came up with the idea. And then, um, yeah, we, we started, you know, I reached out to you and you got me connected with Brad Paisley and he said he's willing to help. And then, um, you know, my agent actually is, helped out a ton he's been like um talking to a bunch of artists and their agents I don't know how he has that connection but um (laughs) he's been huge because he's gotten pretty much everybody but Brad I got Brad but he got pretty much everybody else (laughs) so uh yeah it's been it's very encouraging and I'm excited for it so the concert's on March 26th and the headliners are Brad Paisley Scotty McCreary and Jake Owen, right? Yeah, um, those guys. And then there's a few um, up-and-coming artists that are very good. I've heard their stuff, and they're legit. They're really good. I'm, I've actually, like, I started listening to them on Spotify, and, like, I'm adding their songs to my playlist. <laughs> nice. They're good. Um, and then a special guest appearance as well. So uh, I think we have, like, eight or nine People. Oh, so it's yeah. gonna be it's gonna be a, a nice long concert then. Yeah, I, I think it might be like an hour, roughly an hour and a half of music. Oh wow! Ooh. Yeah, so we we tried to get them all to commit to like two or three songs. Well, you talked about earlier how uh, outgoing and outspoken you are. Are you gonna be emceeing this thing? Are you gonna be uh, <laughs> Are you gonna be the face introducing all the artists, or yeah. how's that gonna work? Do you I need think... two other co-hosts to go on there? So. <laughs> <laughs> as many co-hosts as i can get <laughs> to fill the time you're uh, like please <laughs> yeah i got so i i asked joe davis to do it and he's gonna help out oh nice uh, and uh i think we might have a couple celebrity drop-ins as well um i'll let those be a surprise and uh but yeah um you know definitely need somebody to carry the conversation for me joe's perfect you know I, i'm very comfortable with him he's joe's awesome you know so uh i think he'll be he'll be perfect for it I think the cool part in doing events like this, and I feel like we're similar too in the way like reaching out to people like isn't really like our strong suit and like asking for things. But then once you like do it and you have those conversations and you get a chance to talk to Scotty or Jake or or Brad and you realize how like on board and excited they are to support you and your foundation and what you believe in. And then you start hearing about how big of fans they are of you. And you're like, wait a minute, like you're the big country star. Like I'm your fan. And it's kind of like surreal, right? The whole process is like, wow, this is so cool. And like, just the idea that like, wow, all these people are doing this for me. Right. Like that is one of the things that I'm just blown away by every time we do an event. And have you had that same kind of experience? Like, holy crap. Yeah, for sure. You know, and and that's something I don't, 
like I forget, you know, we play for the Dodgers and the Dodgers are um, LA's team and all these famous artists and actors and celebrities watch the Dodgers games and it, you don't really process like, wow, these guys know who I am. Yeah, right. <laughs> and especially uh, Brad, I feel like he doesn't miss a game or no. an at bat. He's like dialed in. Yeah, no, Brad is maybe the biggest Dodger fan of them all. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it, it's pretty cool. I remember my first time I realized that was at Kirsch's event, and I think I uh, mustered up the courage to go talk to Jason Bateman, who was there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's a like, huge fan too. Yeah, uh, huge. It's. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, so I go and I was like, oh, my God, I watch Ozark all the time. I love your show, it's like whatever. I'm a huge fan of yours. He's like, well, I'm a really big fan of yours, too. <laughs> like, what? Really? <laughs> that happened last year. I was doing my marathon fundraising. I think we mentioned it on here. And just randomly one night it popped up and it was like donation and a very nice one. And I was like looking at the contact email because I like send out thank yous. And it was like Jason Bateman. I was like the Jason Yeah, we were like, is this real? Is this the real Jason Bateman? <laughs> I was like, it checks out. But that was really cool because obviously he didn't like post or say anything or message Justin or anything. He just kind of did it like under the radar. And I was like, wow, that's actually cool. I had no idea that he would even know I was running the marathon for yeah. our foundation or anything. So definitely kind of a surreal moment for sure. What about, okay, so we got the concert. We got the, your headliners. You got some special guests com coming up. Can you get into a little bit more about your foundation and what kind of inspired you to get into um, children's uh, pediatric cancer and, um, you know, the organizations that you're working with? Yeah. Um, so one of my closest childhood friends, you know, growing up, I had a group of like four or five really close friends. Um, one of them was Kyle Profile. He he was actually at the 2017 World Series. He came out and watched us when we were playing the Astros. He, um, he's been one of my best friends since I was a little kid. Grew up in the same neighborhood. And uh, he got diagnosed with osteosarcoma. And he, he was going through all the chemos and everything. He lost his leg um, above the knee and... Uh, after about a year and a half or two-year battle with it, he uh, he lost his fight with sarcoma, and uh, he passed about a year and a half ago. We were actually in D.C., and, um, you know, I drove home to see him one last time, but um, he, he was, like, the toughest guy I knew. And throughout the entire process, he, um, you know, he just, he was always so positive, and, um you know, it really put things in perspective for me. And, uh, and yeah, so that was really hard, obviously. And um, then, uh, so or sarcoma is supposed to be this very rare, like, bone soft tissue cancer. And it kind of just keeps creeping back into my life because um, now one of my parents' neighbors, a little kid named Dalton Fox, he has sarcoma as well, and he's currently at CHKD, the Children's Hospital, um, going through chemo treatments there. He lost his leg, and, uh, you know, he's he's been battling it for a couple of years as well. So it's just uh, it's crazy how something that's supposed to be so rare it just kind of keeps coming back into your life. Even my girlfriend, Mary, her 
childhood friend passed from sarcoma as well. So it's, uh, you know, obviously something that has, um, you know, really been a, it's, is important to me because of those experiences. And, you know, I, I think uh, some form of cancer has affected everyone. Um, and I think that's part of the reason we're getting such good feedback right now from, um, you know, I've heard ever since this event has kind of started getting publicized, I've heard from multiple former teammates, friends, family, everyone, um, just talking about their personal stories and why this is important to them. And uh, it's been very encouraging to hear that. And we're getting a lot of support. So, uh, yeah, um, and, you know, that's kind of what made me passionate about sarcoma. And it's important to me as well. You know, I have my friends and Kyle's friends helping me with this. And then Kyle's mom and his his parents are both have been a huge help with this as well. And I think it's important to you know, kind of keep us all close together and, um, you know, try to make something positive out of it all. Yeah. I mean, wow. It, it just these stories and, and what you've gone through, what your friends have gone through, what your, what Dalton's gone through, it really kind of just, you know, it sits heavy on you. Right. And, and that's why I think it's so important that we realize our platforms and we realize how much, we can give back and how much awareness we can raise and how much reach we actually have to bring these stories to people who otherwise just think we go on the field at seven o'clock and play a game for a living and, and make a lot of money. They have no idea a lot of times, like all the stuff that is going on off the field and the people in our lives and the, and the things that are happening that are impacting them and yourself. And I just, I'm so happy and proud and pumped that you're taking this step with your foundation, that you're getting involved, that you're putting on this concert and, and for Kyle and for Dalton, for everyone else who's going through this, if you want to go on and support, um, like we said, the concert, it's a virtual concert, March 26th. Um, you can get your tickets for the event, go on and watch two hour show, a lot of great artists. Um, and then like court said, anything you need from us, uh, you know, we'd love to be there to support you the way you have, uh, supported us over the years um but it, this is really proud of you man this is this is really cool stuff yeah thank you i appreciate it i appreciate you having me on and helping me get this out there as well so yeah i think that's incredible and you know all charity work is good and starting a foundation but to have that personal connection i just know that means so much more to you and i know that is obviously inspiring you to really push this so want to let everyone know homerunforhope.com for more information and to purchase tickets. $40 gets you a date night, a concert, all that jazz. And yeah, 100% of the proceeds are benefiting Children's Hospital of the King's Daughters and Rock Solid Foundation. That's right. And we're also going to have a virtual or like silent auction as well. So we're going to be auctioning off tons of Dodgers memorabilia along with a lot of sports memorabilia. Um, I don't even know everything, but my my agent's got the hookup. Um, you know, he's had a ton of big-time players, golfers. Um, I, I think we're going to have a little bit of everything, so it should be good. And is that is that auction going to be on homerunforhope.com? Uh, it'll be during, during whatever the link is to the actual concert. Okay. I don't know the details yet, but um, it'll be going on during the, the concert. 
Well, you guys won the World Series, so we drive all the prices up of all the silent auction items that's and right. everything so that's right i think <laughs> i we signed a bunch of guys signed jerseys for you during oh, the yeah. season when it was going to be a top golf event so i'm assuming you'll have all the signed jerseys from all your world series champion dodgers on that auction and then if there's anything else you need uh auction wise auction items uh let us know and of course on march 26th uh court and i will be on there watching the concert and supporting uh, this amazing cause that that you've started, man. It's awesome. Great work, dude. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, I'm excited. And, and like you said, I got a ton of uh, signed jerseys from players. I got to get some team stuff, too. So you'll probably be hearing from me. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. get it. Get it in the room. Let's sign. I love it. Well, thanks again for joining us. And one more time, homerunforhope.com for more information. Thanks so much. Yep, thanks first, for having first me, First active <laughs> teammate in the books. I love it. That was great. That was fun. Well, that's going to do it for this week. I want to remind everyone to go online and get their tickets and support Chris and all the incredible things that he's doing. Just wanted to thank him once again for coming on here, taking the time, and sharing his story. Yeah, that was awesome. First teammate. It went really well. I'm excited. It was, it was fun, obviously, to talk about the foundation and the event and everything that he's doing. But it was fun for me to talk about hitting and, you know, I can talk about hitting all day. You know this. It was fun for me to talk about hitting as well. And I try know, to keep I up know. with you guys. <laughs> all right. Well, we will talk to you guys next week. Thanks. See ya. Bye. Boom, 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 bo